0: I want you to remember the word believing and fear and also the word doubt. Doubt is a very common emotion. Doubt is part of our human nature. Doubt can represent our desire to question the world around us and seek a deeper truth. Our lesson today in the Gospel will focus on the greatest story of doubt. Thomas remember for his doubt or his unbelief, the question of Jesus' resurrection from the dead, even after his friends claimed they had seen him. Yet even with such a strong doubt, Thomas speaks of great faith when he makes the statement, my God and my Lord. Yet that confession is the strongest in any other gospels come from the disciples. We often call him Doubting Thomas. But he stands as a shining example of how profound unbelief can be transformed into outstanding faith. Resurrection must have been so clear to Thomas and the other disciples. They were huddled in a dark place, unsure of their future, without confidence to move forward, when to their surprise, Jesus came walking back into their lives. Jesus strengthened their faith by literally showing them the marks on his body, the marks of his crucifixion and death. Their fearful doubts were transformed into confident faith. When standing face to face with Jesus, a friend who bears the scars of a horrible death with expression only days before, how could they not have faith? How could they go on questioning the resurrection? He was standing right there. But, my friend, doubt can creep in over time. Stories are told and passed down through generations. Family change, the world change. Now, some 2,000 years later, faith with the uncertainty of the world and the changing of our society and all the doubt and uncertainty of our future comes. And we must not quickly rush to judge, Thomas, because we all have the situation of doubt. And where doubt becomes fear, it like a cancer, it begins to grow with fear. I'm reminded of a man called John the Baptist. once he's seen Jesus. He said, the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. He said on one occasion, I must decrease and he must increase. But this thing of doubt and fear crept into his life. And he sent a messenger to ask him, is he the one or shall I look for another? There was a prophet, a great prophet. That have seen many miracles that God has bestowed, a prophet by the name of Elijah. But once a lady said that she would take his life, or what he had done to other prophets, he began to run and hide in a cave because doubt had crept into his life and fear. And so we cannot always lay the blame on Thomas. Yes, he doubted, he said, unless I see the print in his hand, and thrust my finger in his side. There was one occasion, a man not so great, and I stand before you too, doubt had creeped into my life when I received news in the doctor's office of my condition. And I had read all the stories in the Bible of men that Jesus had healed. But then doubt came into my life really wondering, is he really a healer? So we cannot always blame Thomas. And there was in the Old Testament a man that had reached the age of 99 years and had a wife that had reached years beyond her childbearing time. And yet he ignored all the promises of God, but doubt had crept in when God said, I will give you a son. The Bible declared that Abram fell on his face and began to laugh. Sarah laughed as well. She knew that a woman at her age couldn't even think about bearing a child. So doubt had crept in. I believe on one occasion they said, is there anything too hard for God? And so I Plead with you to take a look at your life. It's easy when things are going all so well to have all the faith and confidence in the world in what you believe. But when the hour of despair come in, when the hour of bad news enter into your life, do you really have the faith to believe that He is God, and can you stand firm on His word? Proof is often a bad Word, when we consider our Christian faith, the desire for proof can call into question the honesty of our faith. Yet I cannot help but want to prove God's presence. And I know that He's here, but there are those that are doubt that He even exists, even though His word claimly, profoundly state that He is God, but yet you have those that have doubt, they can quickly believe any other book that has been written. Isn't it a marvel that we can believe something that someone else says simply because they have higher learning than we can the Word of God? We put our faith, and we all have a measure of faith, the doctor told you to take this medicine three times a day, every day, and don't miss a day. You have enough faith to do that, and you don't doubt it. You believe that you're going to be well. We exercise faith sometimes in ways that we really don't realize it because we think it just should happen. When you go to a soda machine and you hit the button that says Pepsi, you believe that a Pepsi is going to come out of there. You believe it's Pepsi simply because it's written on the can. When you entered into the sanctuary this morning and seat yourself in the chair, you knew that you were going to sit and not fall because you had faith and no doubt. Many times when you're in your automobiles and the light says green, you're not concerned or worried about the man at the red light, because you believe he's going to stop and wait his turn. You have no doubt or no fear, and you believe that. Sometimes it's hard for you to believe the word of God, because you want the proof. There's so much uncertainty swerving around us, so much points of absence of God, and how can we blame for questioning God's real and true presence in this world. When it seems like the future is uncertain, how do we know for sure that God is really here? Look at Thomas, and Thomas really, all he said was, I just need a little more proof. If I can see what you have seen for myself, then I will believe. I remember Jesus reading on one occasion. Man came to Jesus and told him, my daughter is grieving, she's at the point of death. He said, but I know if you come and lay hands on her, she will live again. Jesus began to follow the man home to lay hands on his daughter. And on this way, there was a woman that had an issue of blood for 12 long years. She believed and had faith that if I can just touch the hem of her garments, I would be made whole. Through that time, this man waiting and had the patient, someone came with the bad news that troubled the master no more. Your daughter is already dead. And Jesus sensing. The urgency of unbelief and doubt creeping in, Jesus turned to him and said, only believe. Jesus kept going on about his business. He said, only believe. Jesus went to the house and there was a lot of unbelieving folks there. Sometimes God cannot work with there's a lot of unbelieving and doubt. The Bible declares that Jesus put them out. Said I only need those that have the confidence and faith and believe. And the Bible declared that those that were already there laughed him to scorn. But Jesus said, I need some believing folks. I need someone that's really, really to hold on to faith because she's only sleeping and she will rise again. Our gospel lesson tells a story about a man who, li- who, like us, is in search and hoping for something more. Thomas was born a poor fisherman, and I imagine he was not provided with much education outside the family business. Yet also I imagine that Thomas, like many of us, yearned for something more that he had in his daily routine. More than just another fish in the net. I think Thomas imagined changing the world for the better. One day his hope was fulfilled in meeting a traveling teacher by the name of Jesus. Thomas quickly became a very confident and encouraged member of Jesus in a circle. Calling among the twelve, Thomas was a passionate follower of Jesus, believing in the hope Jesus promised, even remarking that the disciples should follow Jesus so that they can go and die with him. Isn't that something? I believe there was another disciple who said that he would give his very life. But later he began to deny that he even knew him. You see what doubt and unbelief can do? and cause you to fall back on the very words that you have spoken previously. Thomas believed in hope and the promise that Jesus would overturn the evil of this world and realize God's kingdom on earth. He saw proof of God's presence through his miracles, acts, and his teaching, and he believed. Do you believe today that God is who he claims to be? Do you believe when you come before this altar and receive his true blood and body? However, Thomas' faith in Jesus was challenged. He believed in Jesus as a man's strong political actions and had faith in his ability to overturn the misguided Jewish leadership. He even expected his teacher to be killed in such a terrible way, but all of that began to change because this is not how he pictured it to be. And isn't that how we get it? If things don't go exactly how we expected them to go, if it just don't fall in the direction that we think it should go, we began to lose hope and faith. Because things are just not falling in the path. It's not going the way I thought it should go. God said, my ways are not like your ways. My thoughts are far from your thoughts. The Bible declares that he will take the foolish things to disturb and interrupt the wise. The Bible declares that he's the only wise God. And that means that ain't nobody got no sense but God. The Bible also declares who can find his errors. Even if he made a mistake, you're not wise enough. To find it. I don't care how many degrees you have and how many letters and initials you have behind your name. If God made a mistake, you don't have the sense enough to find them. The Bible declares who can find his heirs. After Jesus' death, I imagine Thomas must have been lost with grief. All he had planned to accomplish with Jesus was gone. And less than a week after Jesus' triumphal ride right into Jerusalem, now he was dead. Dead at the hands of the unrighteous political and religious authorities in the land. And long with him died the hopes and transforming of the world. The hope of transforming was kept. This kept Thomas. It energized him. Hope of transforming the wrong of the world what he found in Jesus, now this hope was simply gone. This poor fisherman now looked at life as it was no more. And I stand before you today with the urgency that the Bible declares that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of a sound mind. And even though this is part of our nature to have fear and doubt come in, but we need to shake ourselves and realize that yet God is in control. Whatever happens, whatever doubts come upon us and try to shake our foundation. I'm reminded of three Hebrew boys that was pushed into a fiery furnace. And oh, it seemed bad. But the boy said, even if he don't deliver us, even if we're to a crisp, I know that he can. That's the kind of faith I want to stand on. Yes, this kind of faith don't come overnight. It's not something that you just work on and it's there. This is a process that we all must go through and call into remembrance the little things that God has done for you. Faith upon faith, these things will build up. And I'm so glad that Thomas doubted. I don't mock Thomas. Because Thomas opened up the door for those that have not seen but yet believe. Because Jesus said, blessed are those who have believed and not seen. So Dowling Thomas is a hero in my book. And he's just like many of us. He's just a natural man. We all want proof, more proof of certain things. Even if your boss on your job, tell you he's going to give you a raise. You want some kind of insurance. You may tell him, can you put it in writing? <laughs> Why? You need more than just his word. You need some proof. That's all Thomas wanted. So all he needed was a little more. He said, and then I was saved. My God, my Lord. God knows our doubts. He can sense when life has gone astray and when our faith is wavering. God has experienced the pain of life and death, and God knows what we need. Even in our unbelief, God seeks to make us believers, Perhaps we may not receive such a direct and physical sign as Thomas did, but God still provides us with the evidence, the proof of his love for us. Each day, God can reach out further than we can hope. He can clam over any doubt that we have created to block him. And sometimes we do that, and sometimes that causes us to lose our sense of direction. All that is left for us to do is simply want him. Really, really want him. And I tell you, I remember when I wanted him. I wanted him bad as when I first met my wife. She used to call and I would be eating and the phone rang. All of a sudden, I would lose my appetite. <laughs> I would spend hours talking to her on the phone. And sometime I will fall asleep on the phone. I wanted it, I seen it and I liked it and I went after it. So all we have to do is, is, is want Jesus with all our heart and soul and mind. With all that we have. But see, and I share this with you, my friend. God wants the total man, woman, boy, and girl. He can't use half of you. Satan, that's a different story. he likes like you to straddle the fence. Any way the wind blows, it's cool with him. But Jesus said, I'd rather you were hot or cold. Because if you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. See, a lukewarm person is full of doubt, full of fear, think he knows everything. See, a man and a woman never, never stop learning until they think they know it all. And That's when you stop learning. I'm almost done. I'm about through boring you. All that is left for us to do is simply want him. We need only to want him to be present in our lives, and he will transform us. Love, transforming power, triumph over even the greatest doubt and unbelief. I don't care what it is. Even you can have so much doubt and unbelief, but down in your heart, you really want Jesus. You really want Jesus. I had a cousin that had got caught up in a cult. Very educated man. And when I heard that he had got caught up, he had went away from the family. I said, Well, he's too smart. How he get caught up in that? And the family was worried because he had lost all contact. And I said to my wife, I said, if he truly really means to find Jesus, if he truly wants Jesus to be a part of his life and he just got caught up in this, he will find a way. Because Saul, he was persecuting people to call on the name of Jesus. He thought he was doing right, but he was arrested on Damascus Road, and immediately he called our Lord. See, I don't care if you all confused and all messed up, but if your heart really, really want him, really, really want him, God will find you. He'll step in, even if the doors are all shut and closed. He'll appear right into your life and make a change. So all you have to do is really want him, my friend. Want him. Even our greatest grief and despair, no matter how difficult the road we walk, God can only find us. God will find us. He will guide us back to belief in his unending love. And I'll share with you today, my friend, That if you would do what Jesus said to Jarvis, only believe. Only believe and want him as bad as you want anything in this whole wide world. He would transform your life. Doubt, unbelief will disappear. And be patient with him. It may not happen overnight. And I share with you, God is never late. There was a song I used to sing, he's an on-time God. What may seem late for you is just on time for him. When it's the darkest hour in your life, it can turn out to be the brightest day of your life. Just believe. Thank you. The ushers would uh, take the collection. (coughs) Excuse me, my voice is going. Um, At this time, we would like to uh, give our gifts to the Lord. Uh, As is our custom in our congregation, if you are a guest, please do not put anything in. If you want to, though, you can. But um, we're just glad to have you here this morning, and we just uh, pray blessings upon you. If you have any... um, Prayer request there's a green slip in the, in the bulletin that you can um, put a prayer request on uh, and just put it in the basket, and after the collection we'll have a prayer time.